0: David was facing a gigantic, huge evil. So he calls on God to deal with it. This is a very interesting day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Heming. I'm Janice. This day we explore Psalm 140. It is something else. As we begin to look at what God did and compare that with what God tells us today. It is very interesting and I encourage you to stay with us because we're gonna talk about it. But also, Corey is here with Ryan. What's going on, Corey?
1: I'm going to be exploring the concept of ancient music today. Ryan?
2: Today, we continue our discussion regarding the power of gravity in the heavens. It can explain a
0: lot of things. In fact, it can. That looks great. We're gonna be looking at that in about 20 minutes time. And Janice, what did you do?
3: Well, it's our fun Friday question today. It is Friday, June the 10th, so we're going to be asking anywhere from Psalm 108 to Psalm 142 today. Be ready.
0: All right. So get the Bible out. Let's turn to Psalm 140 and look at what God is saying to us as we open up to read.
3: Psalm 140, verses 1 through 13. Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for war. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of asps is under their lips. Selah. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have purposed to make my steps stumble. The proud have hidden a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set traps for me. Selah I said to the Lord, You are my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God the Lord, the strength of my salvation. You have covered my head in the day of battle. Do not grant, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Do not further his wicked scheme, lest they be exalted. Selah. As for the head of those who surround me, let the evil of their lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not a slanderer be established in the earth. Let evil hunt the violent man to overthrow him. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and justice for the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name, the upright shall dwell in your presence. Psalm 140, verses 1 through 13.
0: Psalms 139, 140 141 and 142, as we read through the Bible, that's what we're reading through. And this is a very important process for us to understand. We're going to pick a few verses today from Psalm 140 and read that and highlight that. And there are prayers for specific things in the book of Psalms. Many are focused on prayers of praise. Others cry out for help in times of trouble. But Psalms 140 is asking God for deliverance from evil. Now, evil is so subtle, it's so pervasive that it's hard to catch, hard to see. In fact, it's hard to track. Now, the Psalm of David written to the chief musician is a prayer for deliverance, which means that there is usually deep sorrow or horrible circumstances surrounding this kind of music. Yet it's meaningful and directed specifically to God and is included here for us to sing, for us to pray, and for us to meditate on. It seems as though everything King David went through in his life, and he went through a lot, that he was led to write song of prayer and deep meaning and reflection, an important expression for all times we should consider doing the same in our lives too but we should consider reading and praying the psalms as david wrote them very interesting isn't it take your bible guide turn to today's passage this is the june bible guide hopefully you have yours if you don't have one you can call us or write to us you can write us uh, or or actually call us but the best way to do this is to go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. When you go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com, my thinking is you click on it, takes you to the donate page. Thank you so much for the donate page and donations that you give to us. And we will be very appreciative. And we are very appreciative as that's how the Lord keeps us straight and keeps us going. But this is how you can get to us. From there, you go to a PDF file, which can download the Bible guide exactly how you see it. And exactly how it's printed. So that's a very good way to do it. Today, winning the war, winning the war. Psalm 104, 1 to 13. Father, help us today, decipher and determine what you have said to us as we read the Psalms. You said in Psalm 1, blessed is the man who meditates on your Psalms. Help us to meditate on this and help us to hear this today in the name of Jesus Christ. And we said together, Amen and amen. When we read the Bible, we have to read the Bible from for it to change our heart. That becomes very important. We don't read the Bible to see, I'm right, I'm right. We don't do that. We, we read the Bible to let the Lord tell us because it's it is his word. So let's look at the first three verses of Psalm 140. This is very interesting. Psalm 140 says, deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for war. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of asp is under their lips. Now, this is a prayer, and it takes us to the first point. David was facing huge evil in this time, and he needed the Lord. And so he wrote to the Lord, demonic forces are still here today. They have remained throughout all of time. And I find this interesting because a lot of people don't think about this. They they think, you know, life comes and life goes and he lived and he's gone. So now we're doing our things our way. But remember that demonic forces do not have lifespans like human beings do. The same demonic forces are still here today. Now you can get rid of them for a period of time in your life, but they're always coming back and they're always tempting, challenging and pushing people and how much they have influence over our, our culture depends on how close we are to God. Very important to remember that. So the closer we get to the Lord and do things his way, the less influence they have to affect us. That's the culture of sin teaching. We'll do that sometime. Psalm 140, verses four through eight. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have purpose to make my steps stumble. The proud have hidden a snare for me and cords, and they have spread a net by the wayside. They have set traps for me. I said to the Lord, you are my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. Hear the voice of my supplications, my cries to you. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. Do not grant, O Lord. This is a great prayer. Do not grant, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. (laughs) Don't do that. Do not further his wicked schemes, lest they be exalted. Now that brings me to the second point. David prayed, talked to God, he prayed that evil would not gain strength; it would not gain strength with god's help. We must fight and resist evil before it comes becomes a part of our life and culture beloved i I can tell you that there's much of our culture that already has given itself to evil the the, the, the destruction of children the selling of people through trafficking and all of that stuff. The United States of America in the West is the number one. And let me tell you something that evil rules wherever he can use and abuse and kill humans. But the closer we get to the Lord and the more we change and the more we transform our lives, giving it to the Lord, the demonic forces cannot stand the presence of God. And I am not owned by any demonic force. And I can tell you that God is the one who is the Lord of my life. Very important. What about you? Is he the Lord of your life? He should be. Well, if he is, we read on in the scripture nine through 13. And it says, as for the head of those who surround me, lead the evil of their own lips. Let the evil of their own lips cover them. Let not burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not the slanderous slander be established in the earth. Let evil hunt the violent man to overthrow him. This is a serious prayer. For I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and justice for the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. This is amazing. David prayed that evil would consume itself. We should never stop or we should never respond to evil with evil. Don't do it. But call on God's help to stop all the works of evil. We need to call on God's help right now because things are happening in our world that are not right, but they're evil. And Father, I pray today that you would help us. Help us, Lord, to overcome and, and may evil not have any reign here. We desire to do your will, your way. So we pray, Father, thy kingdom come. Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us today to follow you and to follow the lead With Jesus Christ leading us, help us to do what he said, know his ways and know his paths, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: So we have neared the very end of the book of Psalms. There are 150 of them. So in our assigned reading with the discovery guide, if you are getting that, then we will finish up the book of Psalms on Sunday. So in honor of that, I wanna take a look at one more time this year, this idea of ancient music and see how far back we can trace music into the history of humanity. Take a look. As far back as historians can see, music has been a part of human life. From the rock gongs of prehistory to the intricate bull lyres of Ur, mankind is musical. The Bible's first mention of music comes from Genesis chapter 4, an origin story. Jubal, whose name itself means ram's horn or trumpet, is given credit for inventing the harp and flute or lyre and pipe, perhaps the double flute that shows up in many ancient depictions alongside the lyre. Knowledge of ancient musical instruments has come down to us through physical remains, artistic depictions, and literary evidence. These sources have verified that instruments were made from diverse materials, some of which are easily preserved, while others tend to rot with time and regular wear. In the percussion realm, drums made of stretched hide and tambourines are known to have been used, but decay quite easily. So far, none have been found from ancient Israel. Rattles, cymbals, and bells are a different story. Many have been found. Before the invention of bells as we know them, pottery rattles or shakers were popular. Metal sistrums, bronze cymbals, and noisy jewelry round out this category. In the woodwind camp, there is the now famous Second Temple period bone flute that was discovered in the city of David excavations. Many types of flutes existed in the ancient Middle East, but they weren't the only instrument that utilized a type of bone. Animal horns were used to create trumpets or shofars. Trumpets could also be made out of metal. We know from the Book of Numbers that silver trumpets were made for ceremonies of Israel. Interestingly, metal trumpets may have had an association with the lotus flower, whose shape certainly is trumpet-like. An example of this association was discovered in King Tut's tomb. His silver trumpet and its wooden insert are decorated with the lotus. In the book of Psalms, there are several sections that are to be played according to the lilies or according to the lotus. This may mean that they were songs played with trumpets. Listed in David's worship roster for the temple were stringed harps and lyres. These lyres came in many forms and sizes from ones that sat on the floor to handheld. From modern reconstructions, it's known that larger lyres played in lower registers than the smaller handheld styles. In Psalms, there are several references to the gates of Jerusalem and worshiping in the gate structure of the city. This seems to have been a regular place to play music, sing, and dance, as evidenced by the Bible and by carvings of musicians that adorned the gates of a few discovered Hittite cities. All of these instrumental remains, from physical to literary, have captured the imaginations of researchers for decades. For some of the more musically inclined, ancient Mesopotamian pieces of music have been somewhat deciphered, revealing complex cording that records both melody and harmony. Tempo, ornamentation, and vocal accompaniment still remain a mystery. So there we go, wrapping up the biblical book of music by taking a look at ancient music. We are still in the writings, you know, as we move forward from the book of Psalms into Proverbs. That means we are still going to be looking at ancient poetry. But this time, as we move into Proverbs on Monday, it's going to be uh, more from the teaching perspective. Uh, So there's going to be some really interesting things coming up. So I hope you stay tuned.
0: You know, one of the interesting things about this is that music is the sound of our soul. And a lot of us just use music as entertainment, but music is more than entertainment, and that's what the Psalms is all about, and that's what we have to realize. Now, I don't know for a fact, but it would be interesting to figure out uh, when we get to heaven, uh, when they talked back in the Garden of Eden, did they talk or did they sing, or what, when did singing emerge? Because <laughs> that's a really interesting point, the sound of our soul. So that's amazing. Anyway, very good. Uh, Ryan.
2: Yeah, well, today in our final program through the Book of Sons, I'm also finishing up our study on creation. And my specific focus in today's report is gravity and its effects in the cosmos. Now, if you recall, yesterday we discovered how gravity can explain the orbits of planets, but gravity can also explain a few other things as well. Check it out. First described by Sir Isaac Newton in 1687, in his classic work Principia, gravity is one of four known fundamental forces of nature. Though the weakest, it is gravity that can explain things like orbits, spheres, the triggering of nuclear fusion, black holes, and singularities. Indeed, the reason why the planets, stars, and many of the moons are spherical in shape is due to gravity. Astrophysicist Dr. John Hartnett explains, that because gravity is an attractive force between all particles of the universe, as Sir Isaac Newton explained, it does not have any preferred direction and therefore acts equally in all directions. The result of this is that in the absence of the other forces, gravity will gather particles equally in all directions, and the net result will be a sphere. If an object is large enough, its gravity can overcome all other forces and pull it into the ideal shape. This is why smaller objects like asteroids, comets, and tinier moons are not necessarily spherical. They are just not large enough for gravity to pull them into a sphere. The other thing gravity does is hold stars together. Stars are actually giant balls of gas, and though gravity was once thought to also be responsible for a star's energy output, more recent research has pointed to nuclear fusion as the source. Well, it is probably not gravity that is driving the energy output. It is gravity which contains the nuclear reaction. In fact, the gravitational force in a star is so great that it manages to contain the explosive reaction, and the energy is converted to heat. As a result of this continual nuclear reaction, the star becomes so hot that it radiates energy like a light bulb. Gravity can also explain black holes and singularities. But what are these strange phenomena? Physicists believe that when extremely large stars burn out, the gravitational force overtakes the star and it collapses, creating a violent explosion called a supernova. But what does the star collapse into? For stars with a mass 50 times or greater than that of our sun, it is believed a black hole would form. A black hole has been described as the condition where gravity is so strong that even light rays cannot escape, and as a spherical region of space within which nothing can ever be seen by outside observers. Additionally, the edge at which light can reach before being sucked in is called the event horizon. But what happens to the collapsing matter once it has crossed the black hole's surface? Cosmologists admit that they do not know. One says, the idea that matter collapses to a point, technically called a singularity, remains rather obscure. And that singularities are weird. You know, this image that we see of gravity holding and containing things together reminds me of the Bible passage in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, which says that it is Christ Jesus who upholds the universe by the word of his power. And not only that, but Colossians 1.16 says that it is by him that all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Truly, our God is amazing and all-powerful.
0: You know, I was reading Job the other day because I'm several places in the Bible, and uh, God begins to ask Job about 86 questions when he talks. He interrupts Elihu, and he says, in response to Elihu and his other friends, uh, Job's other friends, he says, who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? And I thought about that. I thought, words without knowledge, God has created everything. For himself, and the the creation that he's done is so great and so vast. Mm-hmm. That's right. Really, we don't really have a right to question him.
2: That's true. We really need to watch our uh, our attitudes, don't we? Uh, well, towards God. I mean, and understand that he is God. You know, and we are his creation. We have been created to serve him and to hey. worship him.
0: If you, if you think it through and you begin to understand this uh, and you begin to realize God is the ultimate creator, then you come to the Lord and your response is to praise Him. Now there's feelings that you have and things you go through that you can't uh, ignore. And so the Psalms knows that and it has prepared us for that. But it is important for us to remember the supremacy of the divine mind of God, because that supremacy is remarkable.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's not to say um, that God dampens our curiosity. He gave mm-hmm. us a natural mm-hmm. curiosity. And there are many times in the scriptures where God, you know, uh, we see him interacting with his people and he, he's like, come and reason with me, ask me questions, talk with me. So this idea of questioning, we have to remember that, you know, Job was charging God with injustice. And and so I think that's a really interesting, so there's a difference in attitude. So you can come to God and you can, uh, he, he wants us to be curious about who he is, about the world around us, about, about all these things, because by that we learn more about who he is, right? These are good things, but there is definitely, um, like, to your point, to both of your point, there's definitely an attitude check that we would be wise to have. Are we are we putting ourselves in the place of God and come and coming at God from a judgmental perspective mm-hmm. in terms of well I wouldn't have done it like that therefore you're in the wrong or are we coming from a that I really don't understand this about you please help me to understand it
3: and that's that childlike faith that yeah. Jesus was talking about as well because you know with with your little ones both of you you know you go through that stage where they they ask you a question and then you give them an answer and then it's why. Why? Why? And after a while, it becomes so wearisome because there's always a question. But that's, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they really have the curiosity to learn. They're not asking to be annoying or to prove you wrong. They're asking mm-hmm. because they want that knowledge. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we're talking about here is For that sure. same it, relationship. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And God desires that from us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it is. It is. That's exactly what we're talking about. And we could carry this conversation on. <laughs> for another hour, <laughs> but we don't have, you know, we have two minutes and 25 seconds left. We well, Corey
3: could bed. talk about her I'm weekend. Just gonna,
0: what did you do this weekend?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the same thing I do every weekend, Dad. <laughs> Take, over <the> world. <laughs> Take over the world. No. Uh, my husband and I do a chapter by chapter recap. We release it on our YouTube channel, which is just under my name, Corey Babetchko. So the idea is to get you caught back up on your weekly reading that is expressed in the television show and also in the Bible Discovery Guide. So if you've fallen behind, we'll get you caught back up
0: yeah that's very very good now you've got about a minute and
3: a half <laughs> oh that's plenty so of time. here it is here's plenty of time and there's a big bunch of people big group of people that play along all right so this can be anywhere from psalm 108 to psalm 142 by the rivers of babylon what did the jewish captives hang in the willows So by the rivers of Babylon, what did the Jewish captives hang in the willows? Did they hang their harps? Did they hang their garments? Or did they hang their shields? Their harps, their garments, or their shields by the river of Babylon.
0: Now let me ask this question: Are, Do you guys know what this is? I, I know Corey does.
3: I do I, believe I, I've been, so. I've been watching her. <laughs> my, respon- my responses. You watch,
1: yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh.
0: <laughs> so
2: Corey, the
1: recaps help me. <laughs> <really> <laughs> oh, for sure. In there. Yeah. So you, yeah,
0: the recap helps you. But you, <laughs> so you're sure you know?
1: Uh, I'm. I think I'm like nine out of ten, like ninety percent. I think mm-hmm. I know.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what is it, Corey?
1: I think it's harps. I think it's the first one.
0: I think you're absolutely yeah.
1: right. Yeah. This idea of mourning and setting I think the you're aside. That's exactly yes.
3: right. By the rivers of Babylon, I'm just checking my time here. <laughs> By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it, because then it goes on to explain that their captors wanted them to sing songs about Zion, but they said, "How can we sing in in a foreign right. land?" So that is how that goes. If you had the answer, harps, good for you, and if you didn't guess it right this time, that's okay. We're gonna have a whole new question next Friday, and the next time somebody asks that question, you'll know the answer.
0: All right, so (laughs) in the last 10 seconds, let me tell you, my father wrote a book, Songs in a Strange Land, Hmm. about this. It was really good years ago. We
3: do not have copies of it, (laughs) however.
0: Today, we pray for the Ministry of Love Life. They're starting a project next week and we are covering them in prayer. And Father, this is a great ministry. And I pray, Lord, that you would touch the children there and help the people there. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would touch the women and help the children to live. This is what we ask for. This is the solution that you have provided for us. So we pray, Lord, that you would do that in the name of Jesus Christ. And we said together, Amen.